Welcome to another episode of the PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid marketing. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be joined by Mary Maroud, Associate Creative Director at AimClear, to discuss the recent Facebook changes in light of Cambridge Analytica and Zuckerberg testifying in front of Congress. Then we're going to tackle the implications of custom audiences and third-party data for advertisers and what we should be doing right now to be prepping for these changes. And also, we just released our Q1 Paid Media Benchmark Report, so make sure to grab your copy by clicking on the link below in the show notes. Let's get to the show. Mary, welcome to the PPC Show, take two. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, JD. Um... So let me go ahead and get this out of the way. So Mary was in here last week, um, which we'll get into, her being in San Francisco. We are recording the show. At least I should say I thought we were recording the show. We get done, and it was not recording. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, that quintessential like cliche moment of just such a joke. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. But yeah. good news is... <laughs> I'm I'm, just the joke. (laughs) I'm in San Francisco for a while, so we were able to do this again pretty quickly. And so that just means we we get to have fun and uh, shoot the breeze. Yeah, so tell tell everyone what you're doing in San Francisco and all all, all the good stuff that we we need to get caught up on. (laughs) (laughs) So um, if you don't know me, I'm the Associate Creative Director at AimClear. If you don't know me, you probably know uh, my boss, Marty Weintraub. Uh, we are a full-service digital marketing agency based in Duluth, Minnesota, with an office in St. Paul as well. I was employee number four um, at AimClear back when it was just Marty, Manny, Matt, and Mary. All ends. All ends. Wow. <laughs> and so um, back then, like we were a small shop, so we wore many hats, and Facebook ads came out. Marty spoke on the last session of the last day at SMX East, I believe it was in 2007, um, and he talked about the impending PPC, or the impending social PPC revolution. And there were like 12 people in the audience, all like the old SEOs and search pros were like already at the bar snickering about like paid social or social being ridiculous. And from that, um, and from like, subsequent speaking gigs that Marty did talking about social PPC being kind of like this next wave. We got Martha Stewart on me as a client like really early on in my career. And so, you know, Manny and Matt were already like busy with other clients and Marty said, all right, you don't have that much to do. Here's your client, Martha Stewart, Facebook ads, figure it out. And um, there was nothing written about Facebook ads or best practices and everyone was totally failing because they had just taken their search keywords and dumped them into Facebook, which of course didn't translate or you know didn't pour it over well at all. And so people you know just thought like these don't work. It's kind of trash and you know so, so they just kept doing their, their search thing. And so that led me to really like, figuring out psychographic targeting, like what this means and how you can be successful on Facebook ads in terms of, I mean, back then I was talking about like campaign structures and like not driving yourself insane with the lack of structure in that platform when it was really brand new and um, evolved into 
psychographic targeting and then creative best practices. Uh, now I am still working at Aim Clear, but I am under contract um, doing paid social acquisition for riders at Uber, just down the down the street. So we're we're like neighbors now. I know. Did you uh, take an Uber over here, or did you walk? Oh, gee, it's like four blocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty pretty shocking. You know, like uh, I found out like Mary's here, and then you're like, wait. Four blocks, yeah, like this is amazing, yeah. yeah. So you, we got to do this in person, you know. So twice, twice, <laughs> not once, but twice. It was really, it was really my way of just like uh, talking about Facebook ads twice. So yeah, mostly for, for another week. Yeah, for another week. Yeah. So well, cool. Let's uh, let's jump into it because we got a quite a lineup on this on the show today. So we're going to be talking about really the last couple of months, right? We're going to be talking going through uh, the Cambridge Analytica stuff. We're going to be talking about Zug going to Congress and then really how that's going to be impacting you as the advertiser and some things that Mary and I are actually really excited for. You know, we, we do think some of these things in the data regularizations are going to be fantastic for advertisers, but let's kind of like walk through what happened and what's going on and how we can take advantage of it. So let's, let's, let's kick off with, um, you know, the Cambridge Analytica. We know that Explanation probably not necessary. You guys have all read it. Uh, you guys know what happened, but you know maybe give us a quick summary of what you think. You know we can take away. Right. So um, y'all totally understand like what happened. Like we're in the thick of internet marketing, so so we understand like the data that's been available to us for many years. And yeah, when Facebook opened up that connection targeting <laughs> or like um, the, the that connection data for. Um, developers and people connected on um, apps and things it we all saw it and we're all like oh this is insane and like a lot of data but like insane in like a a crazy cool way but like most people were like wow um, this is probably gonna go away soon so I think people took advantage of it while they could and took advantage of it in in legal ways in in the ways that Facebook outlined um, what happened with King Cambridge Analytica and um, Kogan was you know Kogan had scraped all that data from those um, connections and then sold it to Cambridge Analytica and therein lies the the legal problems it was not his data to sell uh, and so facebook got very mad and they they shut him down slapped him on the wrist but then never really followed through with checking to see like that data had actually been destroyed or gotten rid of and and here we are in 2018 and um, and we all know what what happened with that data and that data was used to to help um political candidates and to what extent it helped or helped win, we don't we don't know because that's something that we just you know can't retroactively understand. But but here we are, and and you know, Congress uh, invited Zuckerberg to to have a hearing and you know answer for what happened, and um, that was a really interesting two <laughs> days I think for yeah. many digital marketers or anyone who is like relatively savvy with internet data and privacy um ultimately i think uh it just wow like these people are making our laws in in the 21st century um and the questions that they asked 
Mark Zuckerberg were, I mean, in, incredibly elementary and really highlighted their lack of understanding as, of the internet as a whole. Um, even the younger Congress women and men were just woefully uninformed about the basics of internet data targeting, remarketing, privacy, and I mean, emailing on WhatsApp was one of my favorite <laughs> moments because I mean like, uh, no, I, I mean like aside from a mis simple misunderstanding of the product, and I get that many um, legislators only use the internet to email, so maybe that's all the internet is to them. But, you know, like WhatsApp is encrypted end to end, so I mean, a simple answer is like, no, like Facebook and WhatsApp and like all that, like can't be seen. It's like iPhone um, data or like iPhone messages are encrypted. Um, so at the end of the day, I was really, really impressed by Mark Zuckerberg for Same. not being yeah. as as condescending as he could have been. And I don't think he was really at all. I think he was very patient. And, um, and I also think he didn't really talk down to those um, legislators, which was a really good look for him, um, even though they asked some really, really silly questions that uh, revealed their ignorance to one of like the biggest industries this country has ever ever seen if not the world like if you think about how much um, data and the sharing of data and the internet impacts all our lives in general and then like businesses um, as a whole like it's it's astounding that that they don't have a, a better grasp of this uh, what was your favorite moment from the congressional testimony? <laughs> favorite? I mean, I, there were some great memes. Uh, the internet <laughs> had a field day with the senators more than Zuckerberg, which I appreciated because, again, any anyone that's been doing this for even like six months, and then by this, like digital marketing, right? Like, mm -hmm. you don't know how Facebook makes money? Like, really? Um, you know, like, Senator, we run ads, but... Right. They, I, they're not, like, a multi-billion <laughs> dollar company just because they, like, put together a platform where people hang out online. Yeah. I mean, they, they employ, like, 25,000 people. They, all those people get paid, right? right. So they that have to be somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> it's not yeah. just some, like, venture capitalist just writing checks every month. <laughs> yeah, I think... And I, I think the rest of part two, I mean, five hours, two days in a row, I think... 30 minutes in, I would have flipped over the table and been just red in the face, pissed. I, so I give, again, Zuckerberg the, like, the patience. Like, that dude was zen, and I was really impressed with mm -hmm. answers, patience, but also, um, you know, sometimes he was just like, I'll have my team follow up with you on that one. Right, you know, which that is was, what you should defer to. Yeah. At, for, so. like, many of those um, specific data point questions, I, I mean, from... What happened with um, Facebook going to Congress is, I mean, like, maybe our, our future legislation will be written in plain English, as they so implored Facebook to do with their TOS. Maybe, maybe iTunes TOS will also be written <laughs> in plain English, and, and South Park can get rid of that episode. Um, maybe my next, like, loan or um, mortgage will be written in plain English as well, because, like, I will put myself to sleep even reading that, and... Um, I certainly don't don't quite get it, but I mean, what you say um, or the way you say things 
um, matters. And it may not matter that much to someone who cries fake news, but lawyers will disagree with you. And those TOSs, certainly, like they're designed to um, protect corporations and make sure that um, your data and like that agreement between like you and that company is used in, in the right way and used in, um, in a way that everyone kind of agrees to to a certain point. So um, if Facebook didn't have such um, stringent like TOS, like there would have been more marketers abusing that connection targeting or that, that connection data that Kogan did. But since they have these TOS and most people abide by those, um, you know, it, it does like it does protect them and it does tell you know, users, what's going to happen to their data? Maybe not as specifically as they would like, and in hmm. plain terms, but you know, it says like your data is being used to target advertisements towards you. And I would say, you know, great, like give me ads that you think are relevant to me because I always think back when people complain about privacy and what kind of data is being used to target you. I think that we forget how crappy like early internet ads were where like everything was like a blinking viagra or cialis banner ad and just <laughs> awful and it wasn't targeted so like there wasn't um advertising put in front of you that that was relevant and now it it is very relevant to the point where it's creepy sometimes but that's really on us as digital marketers and creatives to walk a line between being really targeted and um, knowing certain data points about someone or what these algorithms think that they may um, purchase or intend to purchase and walking that creative line of being hinting at making that purchase or that you know that they may be looking for a said product or service without saying like hey, you clicked on, you know, this ad, or you went to this website, or I know you're, you know, in the market for this, like that freaks people out. So like, we just need to walk a fine line with being just, you know, better, better ad artists, I would say. Nice. I think one thing too that, uh, you know, we were kind of talking through is like, this is also like an isolated, I, I still maintain this is isolated mm -hmm. event that, Maybe it's one bad actor that got found, right? But this is not the majority of advertisers. Uh, I mean, I think most of us are white hat. I think the majority of us are white hat. I, I really think maybe less than 1%, if not even smaller percentage, are people are really trying to take advantage of this or trying to hack or game a system. So I think that's one thing that we should you know, say and kind of agree upon. And then I think the next part is we saw Facebook move real quick. Right. This is where we've seen this in the past where, you know, something comes out and you, you can almost call it like a knee jerk reaction. Right. With some mm -hmm. of the things that came out. So one of them in, uh, that we're going to get into is that this regulations and getting into um, the, the data and digital management as a whole. But one of the things we saw in, in context of political are now like political um, candidates have to be verified. So I thought that was a kind of an interesting one. And then again, we can kind of get into who's actually running political ads and which ones should we be scared of. But mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, so I think recently, uh, maybe within the last week or two, Facebook put out an announcement that you know 
political advertisers need to disclose and there's going to be regulation around this. So this disclosure involves getting something in the mail, like the physical post mail um, that's delivered by a mail person and not just um, you know setting up ad accounts willy-nilly. Um, I still think that they're probably not going to do enough um, because identifying what is or what isn't political is nearly impossible in this day and age where, I mean, gosh, almost everything is political. Almost everything has a political slant. So I'd, um, I'd put money on the fact that they're still not thinking deeply about um, how this will be abused or skirted. Um, and we've all seen these loopholes for years we've seen how easy it is to cloak ads or to scrape data um white hats like you said many which most of us are like nine i would say like 99.9 percent of facebook marketers um are all above board and and because of our ethics and also it's a significant work um for tactics that may disappear or may not pan out in a day um and gray or black hats don't really care and they'll roll the dice and and take what they can get and that was what kogan and cambridge analytica does um it gets really murky in terms of political disclosure and regulation when you have pages or maybe even brands that are advertising, sponsoring a post, boosting a post, whatever you want to, um, whatever the mechanisms are that they're you know, promoting and putting money behind um, a piece of content that may have a political slant. Um, for example, if, you know, if, if AimClear shared uh, a piece of content about, you know, protecting net neutrality, is that political? Should that be regulated? Um, it, because it is political, certainly. Um, should it be regulated though? I don't know. Um, that's that's really kind of like up in the air. And then there's also the these like exploitable loopholes. And um, if you took a look at my ad cloaking blog post, essentially, uh, what happened, and this can be applied to politics and like those like you know random um, page political pages that people spin up that seem you know innocuous and um, you know you know Americans for freedom or like being right is right or you know all those like cleverly named pages that certainly like just share a bunch of political memes and like political stories um, so those kind of pages and those kind of political propaganda can be um, spun up and like shown ads that don't look like they're coming from a, a candidate for public office, but you know it's serving a purpose to either seed misinformation, sway votes a certain way, but it's not on behalf of a candidate like that's um that's going to be a big problem and like a big um glaring dark spot that that facebook needs to to contend with um yeah es essentially like that blog post um we'll link to it in in the show notes or yes. footnotes or whatever but 
essentially it's like this this Chrome extension spun up a bunch of like I wouldn't call them fake blog posts because they're blog posts, but they're just like really poor content. It's basically just a blog post for the sake of promoting this Chrome extension that saves you money. Um, and they spun up all these different like verticalized Facebook pages that are not connected to the company um, that has the, this Chrome extension that, that saves you money. It's kind of like honey, if you if you know that one. Um, it'll like look for coupon codes or that kind of thing, but it monitors your browsing data, which is, I mean, like maybe people don't want Chrome extensions monitoring their browsing data and purchasing habits. Maybe they do, but these ads cloak that like what the source is or what the purpose of this blog post is, which is of course very like clickbaity and like how I afforded uh, my honeymoon on a shoestring budget, how I shop for Adidas and save money or like this crazy hack that allows me to travel the world on a dime. And so they seem like this very innocuous third party, like, oh, just a cool hack or like something that's friendly and helpful. But really, it's all just to service this Chrome extension. And at the end of the day, they're using these these Facebook pages, which are so easy to like kind of cook up and like just launch and then run ads behind without disclosing that like the the actual like product or the brand. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I think that's a really, really strong point that needs to be made. You know, whenever we think through senators, governors, you know, we just, there was an election just like this past Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not the ones running ads that are, you know, fake news or that are like scary. They're, they're like, vote for me. This is what I stand for, right? right? And they're using, you know, of course, our data to target us, right? But that's okay. Like, I'm not saying that, it, that that's the wrong one. So uh, to your point, completely... And utterly agree. It's really these bad actors that are spinning up pages that are putting out content that isn't at all truthful or right. isn't at all like what their real intent is to be. I remember like in Denver, right? So there's the Denver Post. That is our newspaper for Denver. But you know, you may have seen the Denver Sun. You know, and it was like an article about, you know, something and you're like, seems legit. It seems legit. Yeah. Maybe there's a Denver Sun. I don't know. Maybe, you know, and it's like there's (laughs) this article. Denver Tribune. And it's it's not real at all. It's actually completely fake. There is no Sun. There is no Denver Tribune. And, you know, part of that is on us to, of course, know these things. But in, in a world where there's we're putting out so much content, there's so much information I think that's an interesting point for Facebook. And I see that they're they're making strides. They are trying. This mm-hmm. is a first step. To your point, it's probably not enough. Right. And and they'll they'll get there. But and quite honestly, the I wouldn't say like the brilliant part of these um kind of shell pages, but what that allows um these brands to do is to like make very like wild claims or to make these inflammatory suggestions because it's removed from you know like it's removed from the brand in in terms of politics it's removed from um the you know the the candidate so it's not you know it, it it's not that candidate saying these inflammatory things it's this random group that's on the side of the candidate saying inflammatory things about the other guy. But since there's no like head of that group or no like 
organization <laughs> like who do you who do you blame who do you like who right. does adidas sue for using their their brand name in an ad yeah. about downloading a chrome extension it's a good point it's a really good point um so yeah, let's let's let, let's get into some more stuff that's um, happened. So partner categories, right? Um, so for those that don't know, partner categories, a lot of that was third-party information that Facebook was able to really tie together around you, the user. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, a, I think, a really great job of pulling that information in. But those are going to be going away, right? So you know, give us your thoughts on those, and maybe a few other um, updates and regulations that you've seen come down. Sure. So I was floored and shocked when I heard that third-party data was going away, which is not necessarily tied to what happened with Cambridge Analytica and these um, these audience loopholes, but I, I think it's a, it's a bold move for Facebook, and I think it's smart of them to do. Um, Advertisers will be notified in their ad sets if they're using third-party data targeting that will be eradicated. Um, so big brands will, you know, get their hands held by you know client service teams, and they'll you know tell those big brands what they should now target, and you know they can map you know you know you were doing income targeting now you should do X, or you were doing. Um, you know, industry targeting, now you should do why. Um, they're going to kind of outline for bigger brands what can replace that, that targeting. Um, and that targeting will start going away June and it will, you know, be dead and done in the water by like end of, end of Q3, uh, beginning of Q4 about. So just because you may not have a, a Facebook rep or a, a client partner doesn't mean that, that you as an ad uh, practitioner in Facebook um, should just wait for it to go away. Like you should already be kind of planning and testing audiences that use third-party data targeting, which is a bit harder to identify now, but like you can kind of glean what's, um, what's gonna go away with you know Facebook-based data. So Facebook-based targeting, um, find those proxies, um, find things that can replace whether it's income targeting or, or that sort of thing, or maybe um, automotive targeting. Uh, oftentimes, I, like even in the past couple of years, it's known that like we've paid for third-party data if we apply it as an advertiser. Like we don't know what that price exactly is, but you know, that cost gets tacked on to our CPMs or CPCs. Um, and so knowing that this data is more expensive to use, I would set up, you know, two, two audiences, one that used third party data targeting and one that used mostly or only Facebook data um, to compare the cost and compare the performance of, of those audiences. So I encourage, um, the listeners today or um, further on to to do that exercise as well and find those proxies, find what can be replaced with Facebook data. Honestly, um, I'm really excited about this yeah. because this is so like old school of Facebook <laughs> targeting and this Same. is like what I like totally like jammed on for like five years. Um, so when I, thir- when I see 
um, advertisers use third-party targeting when we get you know new clients and you know doing an audit of their social account oftentimes what I'll see is um, is is people you know get a bit um, I won't say like lazy but it just becomes so easy to just like select a you know category or a, a data variable that, that's in this nicely packaged audience that's from like a third party and so people would you know select a couple categories thinking you know that's good and call it a day and maybe they'll qualify it with an and operator or usually not um, but they often often missed like the fanatical nuanced targeting that's available and that's honestly where you'll find the most passionate passionate people um, so for example um, way 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 back in the day uh, one of our early clients on for Facebook ads was Second Life um, I don't know if your your users know this JD did, were you a, a Second Life or? I wasn't no I, I but I just watched the episode of The Office uh, where <laughs> Dwight has a Second Life and then Jim joins in and it's just it's to like fantastic. mess with yeah, him just to mess in with Second him, Life yeah. Yeah. yeah we will also link to that episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> in the footnotes yeah um, yeah, so Second Life is, is a place where you can kind of like go online and create an avatar and like it's this whole world just online and you could you could be a unicorn that flies and live on your own island with, you know, other like maybe a, a friend who is a panther. Uh, but you could be like whatever you wanted. Um, and to be to be fair, like I never joined Second Life either, even though they were a client, but great great fun uh, great game and so second life said you know like i think people who are into manga would like really really dig second life and i was like okay cool 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 sweet manga so i went to my facebook targeting tool and i just typed in manga and then i grabbed all the all the targeting variables that that had to do with manga and then i would you know stem on that so i would do like manga space a manga space b manga space c and like grab everything that dropped down because facebook will kind of stop predicting or dropping down suggestions um after you you have selected a few um so you kind of have to drill in a bit deeper um with those uh, second keywords so i do that with like alpha stemming uh and so i'm like i got every everything that had to do with manga all those targeting variables and then i was like there's there's gotta be more because A, I don't even know what I'm targeting right now. So I don't know, I didn't do any research. I just went straight for it. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like let's um, let's take a step back, figure out what manga is, went to Wikipedia. If you don't know what manga is, it is Japanese anime. So pretty uh, a pretty fanatical, passionate community. And there's more to manga than just keywords surrounding manga. Um, and so, Quite honestly, like every uh, blue link in Wikipedia that linked to another Wikipedia page or entry was a targeting variable, if not many targeting variables within Facebook. And that so that was um, like the you know expos or conferences that surrounded manga um, anime. This were like specific characters that I would have never known to target without looking into this. There were specific comics, um, specific shows, um, fan clubs, authors, illustrators. All of these people had people who were like passionate about those things individually and not necessarily 
mega as a whole. And what happened after I added that research to this targeting pool was it doubled the size. And so I just want to encourage your audience to, you know, take that time to do a little research, um, dig into um, not just like what the vertical is or what that keyword is, but what, you know, like what, what conferences do these people go to? What magazines do they read? What podcasts do they listen to? What television shows would they watch that would then make them want to buy something? So for example, if you're Home Depot, maybe you want to target everyone who watches like HGTV because like, gosh darn, when I bought a house, I watched so much HGTV and wanted to like, strip everything down to like the bare bones and like build from scratch or like <laughs> and or even just like paint I just wanted to like do something because like it was really inspirational or you know like think about like the job titles they have or um, or what uh, an office manager for you know a small law for a small law firm's role is versus an office manager at you know like a 25,000 person company their roles are like totally totally different um so really really just think about you know not just you know stemming on keywords or you know searching those in facebook targeting but thinking about all the other avenues that people would put on their Facebook profile or say that they like or interact with on online or purchase that would ladder up to that bigger category. So also like if you think about like football, like you could stem on, you know, American football all day and um, get like a really, really great audience. But then you also may miss the people who just really like um, Adrian Peterson and they've never said that they liked football on their profile but they really like adrian peterson but that means you know they like football because he's a football player or you know teams um specific bowls um like the rose bowl you could get into like college football which is like has like crazy passionate fans so there are just like so many um so many branches out from that um that that one route that you can really explore and like really kind of um, dig up in that Facebook targeting. And that's like, ugh, I still love doing that, like building audiences and researching is one of my favorite things. It's also really helpful in the in the creative process too, because the more you learn about these categories and, and what, um, what smaller passions ladder up into these these greater categories it's i mean like it gives you great creative insight it allows you to maybe make more like inside jokes or um references that that may be a bit more relevant to them so i'm really excited um i i think it will harken back to this more like old school um targeting on facebook and that is our show for this week. Please stay tuned for next week's episode whenever Mary is going to be going into further detail about the best practices for your Facebook ads whenever you are building up your audiences and then whenever you're thinking through your ad creative, specifically learning about how to incite the click, incite the action. Stay tuned for next week. We'll see you then.